Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Seeker's Quest. Uh, we are back. We took off Tuesday. This made us traveling, and CC had spotty service that day, I think. So we're back now. It's been a week. It's good to be back here with you guys. How are you, Veda? I'm doing fantastic. Good. Where, where are you right now? Um, in a place called Abzor. Abzor. That's in... What country? That's on the Black Sea of Bulgaria. Okay. Amazing. You act, he sent me some pictures. Actually, it looks beautiful. I'm a little bit envious. Love the sea. What about you, CC? How are you? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm just trying to, trying to uh, figure out your working technology. Working on the Bhagavad Gita with some things. And all this, um, all these podcasts that we're doing on the Gita and other things, they gave me an idea that you could try to explain the Bhagavad Gita to diagrams, uh, one or two diagrams for each verse of the Gita. Oh. So, so I'm doing a researching on how to exactly do that. It's coming out quite well. Some ideas have come out. Just looking at the best implemented. Wow. CC literally is like either teaching or writing or developing content all day long. It's like mind blowing. I spend like three hours with CC and I'm like brain dead. I'm like, okay, I need, I need to take a break. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. It's really something. That's amazing. CC. We, uh, we're going to do something kind of fun today. You know, we started this Bhagavad Gita study, this daily study, me and CC and uh, Balaram, one of one of Veda's students at the Monk Mode um, is joining us. And we go through the Bhagavad Gita for 20 minutes a day and we read it and CC kind of gives us a orientation and we ask questions and discuss it. And it's really fun. Um, and funnily enough, I have this calendar this of CC's, this is like a desk calendar. And he, um, where like every day, you know, you have a different quote and he made up all these quotes. They're inspired by the Bhagavad Gita. And yesterday's quote, um, was inspired by the same verse that we did yesterday in our Bhagavad Gita study. So I was like, oh my gosh, we got to talk about this quote on the seeker's quest. And in that way, maybe we can, in the seeker's quest, dig deeper into some of the themes that come up in our reading of the Bhagavad Gita. So I thought we'd try it today and see how it works. And and maybe in that way, we can even kind of like deepen our study um, as we go through this together. So this is the quote, and it's inspired by Bhagavad Gita 2.06. But like I said, CC uh, developed these quotes. And if you want a calendar, you can text me and then I'll send one to you. They're $15, by the way. They're great. Um, so this is a quote from September 20th. Opinions are like onions. We need to peel them to get to their core. So, yeah. CC, do you want to start us off and... Uh, Kind of orientate us yeah, a little yeah. around this. So, oh. so in general, whenever we have some 
or whenever let's start with somebody else's opinion generally whenever anybody expresses opinion you now we tend to immediately evaluate the opinion is this right is it wrong is it make does it make sense or it doesn't make sense and well that can be like a natural human instinct now quite often that opinion is an expression of some concern from their side and that concern may well actually be much deeper and if we don't get to that then essentially we are stuck at a surface level arguing that there is this thing a person convinced against his will people uh, people convinced against their will are of the same opinion still mm. so is it that people are irrational well not exactly it is just that we may have addressed their opinion at a particular level but they may not be holding that opinion at that level so it's like the we, if say in the say we it's like a, you could say people have layers mm-hmm. and we also can have a layer understanding of them so there is one opinion yeah i am standing here and say the other person standing here and we have an argument counter argument and i may say that i have defeated that person and maybe i have defeated them at that level but if you go deeper you know that person has other argument at other level and maybe you go deeper down and they have other concerns so maybe when we get to this concern that is when the issue will actually be resolved so we may be satisfied i defeated you okay you defeated me but uh, you didn't uh, really transform me you didn't bring us closer to each other so what is the exact use of defeating me so in that sense this is not the most convincing way of dealing with others so the so one example could be of going into a deeper deeper layers of reality the onion example that is given over there it needs to be peeled and peeling onions are not pleasant it brings tears so like that it's easy to stay at the level of surface but we don't really resolve issues by staying at the level of surface so that's just some starting thoughts mm you know who does this really well in conversation is veda <laughs> he first stops peeling away to get to the core of what's going on it's like you don't even realize what's happening and then you're like oh wait <laughs> just completely unraveled this whole thing talking to you what is he waiting for us to is he waiting for us to peel away at things before he speaks <laughs> you know it's so funny i've never heard this uh this uh, this metaphor before you know this analogy that you gave because i heard another one it's not so polite it's like opinions are like belly buttons and everyone's got one and it stinks It's just saying that opinions don't really 
you know, that don't really count for much because everyone's got one. So that's something that I was told one time when I gave unsolicited opinion on something. And he just looked at me. He goes, you know what? Let me tell you something. And I said, what is it? And he just laid it on me. And I was like, oh, okay. So it's interesting that, you know, human beings are so excited to uh, get an opportunity to speak, even though uh, it's not an opportunity to speak. We still take up that opportunity to give our opinions, even though uh, it was never solicited or it was it was unwanted. So it's an interesting uh, metaphor that opinions are something that is not productive when unsolicited and and I often find opinions quite uh, subjective. And often when we are uh, giving an opinion, we don't really get into a dialogue before we give an opinion. We're just like, you know, what do you think about a such and such place? And we immediately shoot out without really inquiring more about the particular subject before we give an opinion. Yeah, you know, the Bhagavad Gita talks about uh, these three modes of being, Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas. I think that affects how we, that affects both our opinions and how we present our opinions. Sattva is, in these three you could say, like gears at which our mind functions. Hmm? It's like a why car can move in different gears. There's many metaphors for understanding this. But sattva is associated with clarity. There's a broad thinking. Rajas is generally associated with, with craving. No. In this, in the case of opinions, this would mean that in clarity we have some holistic understanding. With craving means we just want quick understanding. I just want to get this issue over with and then we move on to other things. And in this context, no, tamas is almost associated with the compulsion that it's extremely narrow. This is the only way you look at things. You just can't look at it any other way. So like if somebody has a hammer, then everything becomes a potential nail for them. And then they just trying to smash everything down to a nail and put it in, in the place that they think it should be going. So when we have, when especially, you could say, if we are functioning in the mode of uh, tamas, then the opinions, they just lead to dissension and, uh, and breakage, fracture. It can lead to fragmentation also. People, sometimes families can break apart, groups can break apart, teams can break apart. You know, in the mode of passion, opinions are just, they are tools, they are tools to power or tools of power. That means whoever is the more powerful person, that's the person whose opinion prevails. 
irrespective of what's right or what's wrong if this person says it then everybody else is afraid to voice a different opinion so here that person may even know that i am wrong but it's just the opinion that tools to power they will use it to impose their will like a boss says and all of you are perfectly free to express your opinion as long as you agree with me so that's pseudo freedom that is not freedom at all mm-hmm. and here you do know, when we are in the mode of sattva then it is the rich or richness of individuality that is expressed through opinions and this is how i see things and then i try to understand why do you see things like that is there another way to see like that i don't see it like that way at all so tell me what are you thinking about what are you seeing in this particular object and this actually is associated curiosity and growth that's why real discussions if you want to have like meaningful or transformative discussions the deep discussions they happen when the two participants are broadly in gusatva then so if this one person in sattva the second person in sattva in goodness then what happens is as if you consider this uh, if you consider the idea to be like a ball so i throw the ball to you this is what i think and then you throw the ball back to me and then i throw the ball back to you but in this case what is happening is the ball which is like the idea that itself is evolving you could say it's almost uh, like prefer the word reincarnating hmm? the shell remains this, the the shell keeps changing at the core yeah this is the concern we have but the concern starts being articulated there is a core concern that's like the soul and then there is the articulation there is like the, there is a the strategy what, what do we want to do about it that strategy is like a the body so what happens ideally in the reincarnation is the soul remains the soul is the same but the soul keeps getting a better and better body so what happens is in these kind of discussions then as the strategy evolves higher and higher by by strategy i mean the what we are using to deal with the, to address the concern then by the end of it it's like a, we have arrived at evolved understanding and evolved strategy so that leads to a person actually two people coming closer to each other people coming two people coming closer to a a deeper understand better understanding the issue and a better approach to uh, addressing the issue a better strategy for dealing with the issue so we hope that most now this kind of communication is is actually rare to see most people if they are not in sattva then both of them are just talking past each other trying to dominate each other trying to have a gotcha moment ah i proved you wrong now all that is it misses out and all that is potential for growth within when different people express their opinions in an open minded and curious way wow this is i this is such a beautiful analogy that you just used for sattva communication 
in relating the concern to the soul and then the strategy of resolution to the body and how if you go back and forth with somebody, it gets stronger and stronger. The reincarnation gets stronger and stronger. That was beautiful. It's funny, you know, like we've all been in conversations with people where you know, where you feel the energy is just like wanting to defeat you or prove you wrong or be right. And it's almost like, okay, what's even the point of having this conversation? Or it like hurts your feelings because you have a close relationship with the person and it's just, it's so disconnecting. It like, it's like a wall, like, oh, well, I really want to talk to this person about this, but I'm feeling so blocked because it's obvious that there's not going to be that beautiful like analogy, like the ball back and forth where you're kind of growing and learning together. And the, the other thing I love about this is it's like independent of level of intelligence. Like CC is like probably my, the smartest person I talk to. <laughs> and I mean, he's like brilliant, but anytime I talk to him or share an opinion, I, this is how I feel in conversation with him. It's like, he's open, he's curious. He's, it's like, I never feel stupid talking to CC, even though if there's anybody in the world that I'm going to feel stupid talking to it's CC, but I never do because he exhibits this. He's, he's just like, and that's nice. It's like, it takes a, a person who is not threatened or who's just very secure in who they are and what they have to offer to be able to communicate on this level. I feel I, I appreciate you know, that. You, CC. I never tell you that you're, you're stupid. I just help you to realize it without by telling it. <laughs> He's just so smart. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe it's a different category then of intelligence. He's just no. It's just you know. I was this is like sometimes there are communication strategies which are talked about, but it's a strategy without a change of heart. Mm. It's a change of heart. They don't work. So, so one of the strategies that I learned in the communication seminars, don't say that, uh, how can I help you say, instead of saying you are wrong, or you, you are not communicating clearly, uh, you are just being incoherent. So how can I help you? So that for, you can have it followed by express yourself better. How can I help you communicate your concern better? How can I help you understand what I am saying better? So start with that question, how can I help you? So I was at one mediation and sometimes some people can use these strategies. So this person started, how can I help you understand that you are wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so, at least they got it halfway right. <laughs> yeah, but the, the first half is basically making a mockery of it's, it's like the spirit is. So, so it's almost like a presumption that you are wrong and all that I think the strategy to prove to you that you are wrong. So I think, uh, so, but this idea that how can I help you if we have that, then or, you, or we can also say, no, I'm just not understanding this. Can you help me understand this? So that can help each other. Although two people may be antagonists in a particular issue. And this especially applies in close relationships where people have different opinions. That we need to really help. We need to really understand each other better. So it's, it may not be possible to do this kind of 
deep discussion on every difference of opinion sometimes something is just functional okay we want to go to a program do we go by this road or by that road there's no need to peel the layers of discussion at that time just decide one sometimes it's right sometimes it's not right we learn from experience but some issues that are basically this deeper exploration it could be for important issues it could be for important people even the special specific issue we don't think is very important and it could be it certainly is required if it's combination of both if it's a important issue and an important person then it's worth the time to go in and spend the time for the deeper exploration to to peel the layers of the onion to go deeper and that's mm. why quite often uh if we can raise our consciousness towards sattva before we have the discussions one of our traditional teachers he bhakti siddhanta he would say that two people have differences of opinion no let them try to have some spiritual session maybe some prayer some kirtan some discussion of broader philosophy where both of them agree and both of them are both of them are aligned together and then that will bring them towards a higher level of consciousness so it's almost like you now if i am here and you are here so now say you have an opinion that i don't like and say i have an opinion that i don't like that you don't like so what's happening is that you are seeing me through the filter of the opinion actually you are only seeing the opinion not seeing me and conversely i am only seeing the filter of the opinion and not you so essentially what happens is when we try to bring each other if we try to rise to sattva then we start seeing each other first and foremost as human beings who do have a lot in common so okay we we try to let's discuss something which we share and not bother about the opinion right now we will resolve the opinion so we put the opinion aside and discuss some shared concern some shared subject and this when we do what happens is the two people link with each other see each other as human beings and that's why maybe starting with a start with prayer start with some article something that some shared value then what happens is then we see each other more holistically hmm this person hmm. people are not their opinions even if they find their opinions uh, not only wrong but sometimes we may find they are wrong atrociously wrong but still if we see that they are first and people first and foremost human beings and just like us they are also on a spiritual journey then that helps yeah and this happens this will conclude this one this is, this leads to a lot of polarization and we are seeing this a lot with political polarization it could be racial polarization religious polarization and people are reducing each other to their opinions on particular issues and if you have that kind of issue and i don't even care to hear one more if you have that kind of opinion i don't care to hear one word more from you hmm. yeah please go ahead 
it's kind of along the same lines as like if you're in a fight with somebody close to you and you want to come back and talk about it and resolve the conflict best to do it when you can both be in a place where like your ultimate, your goal is resolution and you're not both like steaming with, you know, in Rajas or Thomas, like just really upset or the conversation is not going to be very productive or lean towards resolution. So it's, it's also like, getting yourself to a place where, where you're suffic, where you really are, are genuinely sincerely wanting the resolution and feeling peaceful about it. And then it's like, that's the time to, to seek that resolution with a loved one or to have those tough conversations. Yes. I think sometimes there's one thing which can go wrong is, okay, we're not in the right place right now. And that's what we keep saying all the time. And we keep procrastinating. That could also be a problem. So like some small wound is there. Uh, if I have a wound. Now, if I'm in the middle of, say, moving my house or doing something urgent, so I could bear it for some time. Hmm. But if I keep it on, then it be bear it till the right time, I can say, to treat it. But if I don't treat it if it's too long, then it can just become a permanent injury. And then that can be a bigger problem. That's not something which we want. So I think there's there's a there's a danger also. So too much procrastination, you know, dodging difficult discussions. That's also dangerous. Because then by this procrastination, the issues simply become worse and then we become all fossilized in our own opinions. But yeah, I agree. So you could say here is too little pause, that's the characteristic for Rajoguna, too much pause. Almost to the point of stopping it, that's the characteristic of Tamoguna. So we rush in. You may rush into difficult discussions. We can rush into them or we can constantly avoid them. As you could put in terms of the same thing in terms of pendulum. Yeah, and it's also, I feel like, not just a function of time that you, but also like what you're doing in that time, like how you're trying to heal yourself and coming to terms with with, with your own wounds so that you can actually really address them in in um, relationship with somebody else. Yeah, gratefully, that's no doubt about it. Yes. What do you think about right all that time- data? Sveda is finding this discussion too difficult to have. (laughs) (laughs) It's painful. Painful to see how foolish we all are as compared to how enlightened you are. (laughs) One, One thought that I had was you guys have gone so far into this whole thing, but I was still in the first diagram that you drew. And you got, you all have uh, left me behind. We're in the mode of Rajas over here, Veda. You gotta 
You gotta go. <laughs> Which diagram are you referring to? No, 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 first one, right there. Go up a little bit. There we go. No, 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 no. Next one. There we go. You know how you broke down clarity, craving, and compulsion. I think it's 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 really nicely done. When I look at this this whole topic of moving the layers. Uh, richness of individuality, curiosity, and growth. These are all good. And we can have a lot of good discussions in the Moda Sattva. But Sattva in itself, I feel, is inadequate because there's something greater than Sattva, which is to make sure that we understand that at the end of all discussions is what is... Like one of my teachers, very exalted personality, he would never give me his opinion because he was very clear that I don't have an opinion. And I said, what do you mean? He said, it was very clear to me that opinions are for people who are situated on the mind because we take, we study the, the scriptures, we understand what Krishna is saying, what the Vedas are saying. Our responsibility is simply to repeat and, you know, make sure that we are in line with the teachings, but at the same time, we're welcome to share our, opinion, uh, our, our realizations. But it's a little different than our opinions, he would tell me. So I always have had this in my mind that, you know, communication just in the mode of sattva is not sufficient. We need to have it backed and, and, and have a stronger spiritual foundation where we can actually uh, take it beyond the level of individuality, but more um, the level of divinity within the relationship of the individuality. So that is something that I always think of when I'm uh, trying to uh, discuss this point of how to have sattvic communication. Because people are very... Now, at least in Europe, there is a group of people that I know, they do nonviolent communication. And I said, oh, nice. It's very big. But there is more than nonviolent communication. You know, there is loving communication. And it's not just about reincarnation. Reincarnation is not what we are interested in. We want something beyond reincarnation. We would like to uh, have access to life beyond this life. Not just keep coming back on and on again. So, Whenever I think of uh, mode of goodness, sattva, I feel suddha sattva or pure goodness is uh, something that is more uh, appealing to me personally. How can I communicate with in such a loving way that uh, I don't have to ever give my opinions? I can simply share the, the, the realizations of the greatly, great saintly preceptors before me who have had uh, something very profound to share on this particular topic. So this is something I always try to think about. So I just thought I would share that because you all have moved on and... I just, I, I hope I didn't take you 
all backwards. No, it's cool. I feel like we have these topics and then where we always end is end up is like connecting it back to, to God and divinity and recognizing that that's like necessary. But, but I feel like what you said, some of it sounded a little bit brainwashy to me. Like you don't have, it doesn't matter about the mind. You just, you just, you have these scriptures and you just repeat it. I don't That's just like, it sounds a little brainwashy. A little, it's a little different yeah. than just repetitions. To me, I don't consider them to be repeat, repetition because when we study the, the Shastras, when we study the wisdom texts, we're supposed to implement that in our lives. And when the implementation is there, I feel from, you know, there is theoretical knowledge, study of the books, and then we apply it, then we get realized knowledge. And through the application, between application and theoretical knowledge, there is execution. And I feel there is a point where we do have some knowledge, some realizations that is revealed to us. So Okay, so it's yeah. not just repeating it. It's, it's... it's something that you have experienced. It's not, you're just, you're not a... Yeah, you're I not, think... You're not just... Repeating word for word. No. What did you realize about it? Yeah, I think, you know, whether you are, you are onto something significant over here, but uh, let me address Radha's concern first. I was in Texas and I saw this on one, one car. This is apparently God said it. I accept it. That settles it. So, <laughs> this can sound very simple for any theological issue, but you know, it, life is really that simple. So, God said it, okay, what exactly was said? Because that was said, usually, almost all religious traditions, all sacred traditions, their sacred texts are in, in a different language from the current language that people speak. So, what exactly was it said? It could have multiple translations for it. Then I accept it, okay, which part of it do we accept? I say, I accept all of it. But literally nobody can literally replicate the way things were done, say, thousands of years ago. And that settles it. Okay, for whom? You may accept things that way, but does everyone accept it that way? That's why uh, I would like to, so, so I appreciate this concern of fanaticism that comes up. I don't have my opinions. Actually, what I'm speaking is not my opinion. What I'm speaking is the word of God coming through me. And I'm simply an instrument. So in fact, if somebody starts saying that I'm speaking the word of God, you know, I would keep a safe distance from that person. <laughs> it's, it's very dangerous. <laughs> it's quite presumptuous. And how do you really know it's the word of God? So, but with respect to, uh, there are two different things, you know, with respect to the, uh, sometimes these two words go together. There is revelation and then there is realization. And the two are not at all the same things. Revelation is more top down. And it happens at certain times in history. So is it that that particular times in history, particular saints, 
have been taught some things yeah definitely so it's historical sometimes it happens but realization you could also say it's top down but it this it this is more of our intelligence and mind coming in harmony so that means with my intel like you talked with i talked about the theoretical knowledge the intelligence generally has at least some theoretical knowledge but after that the mind experiences and accepts that experience so i may say that okay money doesn't lead to happiness uh, the typical retort is yeah that's what those people who have a lot of money say that <laughs> that is now yes it is true that if somebody doesn't have food to eat then money does lead to happiness the money means a difference between life and death and that time does money does make a huge difference if somebody is dying some somebody loved one is dying the money could mean the saving of that person and then money does make a significant difference but beyond that once one's purse basic needs are taken care of then just just increasing the money lead to increase happiness you may trot out that line no it doesn't lead to but when somebody gets something which they long for and they put in a lot of money to get it or they get a lottery and get it and then they realize hey, hey this is just i felt good for some time but now it's just there in my home is there with me and then make me feel that much good that's when they start thinking of something bigger something deeper so i would say realization is something which we all need to seek and when somebody is speaking with realization then they have something which has a unique charm they have authenticity now it's a, it's mysterious that even in uh, some of my friends in marketing they say that in marketing there are there are techniques and there are principles techniques are basically the lines that you speak to get people to convince to become convinced to buy a particular product and they can be useful at particular levels but beyond that are principles you know are you really convinced that what you are offering is going to add value to your customers that are you convinced that this is actually good for them then if you are doing that then you will have some authenticity in it and especially in spiritual circles where we are sharing the spiritual wisdom this authenticity is vital Mm. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. So, it's kind of also what you were talking about at the beginning the, with revelation being top down, like just kind of cramming it down somebody's throat. Like this is what it is. Take it. No, no, no. I won't say it like that. That would be something. To, sorry to interrupt you again. That would be more <laughs> like indoctrination. Okay. Historic revelation is a historical event. It does happen. There are okay, some sages, so some saints. Oh, it's not. Get the clear light from top. Oh, okay. And so it's not bad. the revelation is not bad but what i'm saying is somebody claiming today that i have a revelation and because god has spoken this to me so you should accept it i oh, would be apprehensive okay. about that oh cuz there's just so, so many fakes out there nowadays yeah exactly yeah okay that makes sense so it's more common that when somebody's sharing spiritual knowledge with you that it's it's more realized meaning they've learned these things like spent their spent a lot of time learning these things and practicing them and then had realizations of their own around their effectiveness in their lives exactly exactly perfect so
What do you think, Veda? About which part? Any of it. What are your thoughts? <laughs> Veda, has, Veda said, I have no opinions, but he has a lot of opinions. So he doesn't know which opinion to express. <laughs> <laughs> you really got to prod Veda for his opinions. <laughs> like, I, I, am, I, I accept this, this, uh, this notion of being authentic, you know, as the real essence. But there is something about the fact that in the tradition of bhakti, there's many teachers. I mean, the very beginning of the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is one of our texts that we study, we see that the, the divine reveals this knowledge, and it starts with the revelation. He reveals this knowledge into the heart of Brahma, who is considered to be uh, the first material creator. And so this principle of revelation or, or revealed knowledge is something that I find uh, quite uh, fascinating because there is the possibility that if I cultivate my personal spiritual sadhana and my personal practice, there is a possibility that I may have access to uh, some revealed knowledge, that, that knowledge may be revealed to me by the divine. As most knowledge is revealed, but it's more like when, we, when I think of the six saints who are discovering uh, Vrindavan, they were given instructions, and they were then able to... Uh, unravel this city of 5,000 temples. So there is something about this whole principle of revelation and having uh, the wisdom text as the foundation of, uh, of lifting the dialogue that we have from sattva to a higher uh, level of uh, authority which is sages who have probably a deeper knowledge than us, deeper realization than us. So I have a tendency to uh, put more, uh, have a tendency to put, a, put, put, put quite a lot of value in that, that there are sages who are definitely more realized than me and have more to offer than me. So try to align my, my uh, decisions in life, not just based on being in the mode of goodness. You have a good philosophical argument, so do I. And we agree on this and we still disagree on this. And we just kind of try to make things work. But on a more spiritual level, then I can always go back and look at the sages. What did the sages have to say on this topic? And so when I find people who are always taking current relevant issues and saying, hey, you know, this is what this sage had to say about this issue and these are possible ways that you could address those uh, uh, those points in your life. So I have a tendency to uh, lean in that direction. Otherwise, it's just opinions and opinions and opinions and it just never ends, you know. So that's just my personal uh, uh and that's where authenticity for me 
comes in, you know, me practicing and aligning with the, the lineage of bhakti, these teachers who came years before me and decades before me and their own personal practices and realizations. So you're saying yeah, those think, people do exist. We just have to be careful of, of who we choose for them to be. But in our lineage, we have some pretty beautiful examples that you have a lot of faith in that you follow. You know, I think we are talking about some significantly different things now. When you talk about opinions, I think uh, we are having different opinions, not about the same subject. We are having different opinions about different subjects. So I think we need to unpeel not the opinion, the issue itself. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> so, because I you divided opinions into three categories, and I'm saying there could be more. No, that's fair enough. And I'm not talking about three categories. I would say three levels with which we approach our opinions. But I'd say, for example, there's there are trade interpersonal issues. Hmm? That's where the you know you you should do like this. You should not do like this. Interpersonal itself is a huge category. But beyond that, you could have, if you are a part of a tradition, you could have theological issues. Now, how is this to be done? And then there could be just contemporary issues. Now, theological is also contemporary. Now, again, these three categories are not broad. Uh, okay, let me put this contemporary. It's more like operational issues. So, So just to give an example of what I mean, that let's say right now we are having this conversation on Zoom. Now, when the pandemic happened, we started using digital communication much more. Now, when the pandemic happened, if we had waited to find some quote from some spiritual teacher from the past, that you could actually have spiritual knowledge transmitted through Zoom, we would have been waiting for the rest of eternity. Isn't it? So technology like Zoom was not there in the recent historical past. And we took the principle and we applied it. So when we, so there are issues which may be, which which may not be directly addressed. Hmm. And then there could also be issues where it's they are too specific to be addressed. the kind of disagreements that people can have over issues. Sometimes uh, we may not have those specific issues being addressed in the scriptures. So I, what you're talking about is true that we need to go beyond sattva. But I think the way to go beyond sattva is also first cultivating sattva and then seeking something higher. Now for theological mm -hmm. issues, you can have scriptural quotes. You know, and those could be useful. But I think for most practitioners, most of the challenges that they face today, hmm, scripture just ha does have some some statements about them, but not too specific statements that, that can be used to resolve issues. We need to be much more careful hmm, about, you know, because scripture, whatever you're talking about, the tradition could also be a very big thing. And we might draw on one particular quote. You, I think you nuanced that. Okay, these are some of the takes which you could draw from scripture. But it also could become like, say, I am on this side of the issue. And you are on this side of the issue. 
this is the se barrier separating us and then you could say that the scripture the wisdom text could be big enough that i could draw something to support my point and you could draw something to support my your point so will there be a resolution there having script this this is going to be a resource for us it's a very very important resource and we could say so is the resource of connecting with the divinity within us you now looking inwards and trying to see trying to prayerfully understand what would be the best way ahead but ultimately the two people here have to resolve their issues by individual responsibility itself so ultimately my understanding is it's individual responsibility that we have to take to resolve issues and even when we are learning from the saints learning from the past revelations it's a uh, it's our responsibility to make the decision that's what in the bhagavata also concludes with saying that now you did now you deliberate and do as you desire mm. so i'm not telling you deliberate vedaha and have the opinion that you want <laughs> i i i stand on this ground that there has to be a both vertical and horizontal is not yeah, i fully agree i think i depicted that over here no? i think we have the tradition we need to link with the tradition and we need to link with the contemporary world so both are there agreed with you fully about that part so there we go we have an agreement cc just like kind of provided the the link though in a sense right because we still we're, we're functioning in this world and this world is kind of where we play out uh the lessons that we learn and our realizations that that we that we get through our spiritual practice so there does have to be like a practical link and it's not always so direct and in that we we have to kind of stay connected and use our discernment and try to operate at the level of sattvic right yes perfect mm -hmm. Should you try to summarize, or are there any concluding, any further reflections you want to have? No, that was so good. I'm like so inspired by both of you. I like the revelation. I like the revelation piece that Veda did kind of stress because it's nice sometimes to know that if we just sincerely try, we just sincerely pray, um, Krishna will give us what we need. Like he'll give us the intelligence, the whatever it is, and. it's it's not always about just us doing and us knowing and us it's really about us just surrendering to krishna right agreed so thank you so i said we started about opinions to really address them we need to go deeper to try to understand what are the needs of the person and how they can be actually addressed other other you stay at the superficial level in that connection we talked about how we might deal with opinions so in the three modes if in sattva we will see clarity 
okay we try to have more holistic and there will there be curiosity there will be growth in rajas there will be more of a craving for resolution there will be a craving for in just finishing it off and getting on with life in tamas there will be more of a compulsion this is the only way people can look at things that we talked about realization as contrasted with it's not the same as revelation and both are needed so revelation is more vertical it is what comes from the past through the great saints to us and here there is where we are talking about shuddha sattva where we all are trying to align ourselves to the divine will and realization is what comes from our practice and when we have this then we can actually have greater authenticity in what we speak and lastly we talked about when we are when we are trying to resolve issues that there is scripture or wisdom text and the saints they are one authority and it's a very important authority but to consider they are one one very important resource but along with that depending on the specific issue whether it is something which the text directly talk about or not we may have to have different approaches ultimately it's individual responsibility to actually either connect with revelation connect gain, gain some realization do some deeper exploration so that the issues the, the opponents can be understood and the issues can be resolved thank you very much thank you thank you both